Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Andy Weidel, and the rest of the Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2023 and beyond. A roster that finished 2022 season in positive territory with 9-8, and eight, and hopefully a roster that will compete or at least go further in the playoffs um, and make the playoffs um, and compete for that seventh Lombardi trophy in 2023. So on today's show, we're going to talk about some all things draft. We're going to wrap up the senior bowl. We're going to talk about uh, my top 75 across three days, which I did last year. That's starting to take some shape um, as well. So I'm going to give you a few insights to that. I'm going to probably do, delve deeper into that on next week's show. Um, but certainly wanted to sort of take you through some things that I found as I started initially putting this together. And of course, I guess there's a little bit of bias here. I did do it on um, the afternoon after the senior ball as well. So there are a few names, a couple of names that made it in there that I hadn't really deeply been thinking about. But, you know, this is, I say the draft starts in Mobile. That's what the NFL Network like to say. And 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 so, you know, my draft process starts along, long before the senior ball in Mobile, but certainly it's a really interesting part um, of, of what, what I do leading up into the draft. Now, one interesting thing, uh, if you're listening to audio side, maybe you're not listening to Steelers Touchdown Under that I do with Marky D, Marky Davison, um, every Friday night live in the US. And then it goes live, um, you know, goes out onto audio, you know, but basically a couple of days after that. Um, usually it's been a, it's been a Sunday, um, you know, uh, in terms of a live date. Now, 
Obviously, there's some changes to BTSC. I think the guys are going to, you know, announce what that new name looks like in the next, you know, full forthcoming period. I don't know if it's a week or a couple of weeks, whatever it is. Um, all of us as podcasters don't know. Um, if you missed it, obviously, BTSC is part of SB Nation Vox Media, and Vox Media have cut, like, almost all SB Nation podcasts no longer. Now, the BTSC network is going to stay under a new name, under a new network. So if you listen live on YouTube to a lot of shows, that's the same channel that's just going to change the name. Um, from an audio side, I'm not sure what changes are coming, but they'll all be announced. However, there's an additional change for any show that I'm part of. So Mark and I are actually going to be going out and doing our own thing. We've been thinking about this for a little while. The timing made sense. Um, we'd actually started to discussions um, with Dave, Jeff, and Bad about a couple of days prior to, I think, them finding out about the overall Vox Media changes. Um, so, I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so Mark and I will have a new channel on YouTube. It actually, it exists, but you can't view anything right now. We need to do a starter video for you to subscribe. Um, but it will be literally Steelers Touch Down Under. Um, you'll be able to search that on YouTube. But that, I wanted to bring that up on Steelers War Room, not just to plug that new channel, but basically you're going to get all your War Room content now on that channel. Um, and if you're an audio, if you don't like listening to things through YouTube, even from an audio perspective, um, please email me at Aussie, A-U-S-S-I-E, Steeler91 at gmail.com. Please email me there because if I'm, if there's listeners of this show that want to keep listening after February, because I'll write out February with BTSC, um, and, and before BTSC, you know, the whole platform of podcasts sort of shuts down or takes over in its new new form and new name. Um, yeah, if you're listening on the audio side, um, in on an audio side on Apple iTunes and Spotify as well. Um, so yeah, I just kind of need to know who, if if it's worth doing that. Um, if people want want that as well, uh, because. Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to there's no point in me putting the content on there if you guys, that's not where you want to listen to it. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of exciting what's going to be happening. Um, and so basically, instead of War Room being on a Wednesday, you're now going to get a series of War Room shows. So 10, you know, three or four, 10 to 15 minute videos. Um, you'll get some breaking news on there too. So if anything, you're going to get more content. It's just going to be a little bit different in how you get this content. So Hopefully, you know, if you've listened to my show for a very long time, even if you've been listening for only a couple of weeks, you might be listening to this one. This might be your first one. Um, please come check that out on YouTube. You're going to get more. You're going to get more in-depth stuff um, because I'm going to be able to do a bit more visually as well, um, which I'm kind of excited about. And and often it's very hard. There's a lot of things I want to talk about that I've got to cram into a 30 to 40-minute show, sometimes 25-minute show. It's a lot easier to do it. Um, you know, uh, do it into break it up into small content. And then it's easy for you guys as well. Or you might be listening to it on your way to work while you're cooking breakfast. I, I don't know, whatever it is at the gym, what I don't know, whatever it is, you'll be able to sort of digest it in your own way. Um, I know for me, some of the things I listen to on YouTube uh, happens through the week and then I catch up on it on the weekend. You can do that too. Um, so lots, lots to enjoy. Mark and I will have more content as well. Um, yeah, as a Steel fan, you just get more content, which is cool. All right. So into today's show, let's get into, let's start with the Draft Network, um, where I like to do build my big boards. Um, so Draft Network have this cool feature for paid subscribers around building a big board. Last year, quite late in the draft process, 
I did a top 75 because you can do like a top 100, top 75, top 50, top 75, top 100, top 125, top 50. I think you know a top 25 as well, not just 125. Anyway, I like a top 75. I think that's a nice sort of number of players. I, don't, I think going beyond that, I think teams, you know, I don't know whether teams really have a board that goes that long. But what I try and do is frame it up into days one, two, and three. Now, I'm still sorting that, and that takes shape, I guess, over the forthcoming weeks, particularly through the combine. But I'm going to give it, I'm going to have an initial ranking in time for next week. But I've got my first 70 of the 75. There's a couple of players I'm still a bit 50 50 on. Um, that I want to look into before I fully get ready to commit to them. Um, and so once I've got the 75 built out, I'll be able to order them. However, some early things that I noticed, actually, I think I've got 72 and added two today, but some early things that I've noticed, at least 35 of the 70 plus, um, even if it was, I think I only added the defensive guys that I added today. I just didn't know whether it made it through or not because the internet was playing up. But um, uh, more than half are on on def- defense. And it was interesting too because if I looked at the top 10 prospects, uh, it was kind of 50-50. But then when you look at the top sort of 20 prospects, I had if you ranked them according to how the draft network ranks prospects, there's a lot more defensive players. And I think this is interesting when you talk about the most expensive defense for the Steelers. You talk about an aging defense for the Steelers um, and looking and how the Steelers might be looking to get younger at positions, um, particularly as they're going to, over the next two, three, four, five, six years have to start paying this offense um, that they've highly drafted of guys they want to keep. So that was kind of interesting. I think the other thing too was that there were definitely a lot of players in the top 50 that didn't play in the senior bowl through either injury or they're too young. I think that was kind of a generally consistent um, sort of take on NFL draft prospects this year. I think if you look at, if you did watch the senior bowl, you would have heard them talk about the number of, like top players that weren't there at the senior bowl. Um, so that's not a really a surprise. The other thing I think when I noticed it as well, there's a lot of juniors in the top 20, 30. Now, obviously they're going to rise up the boards because they're younger. They've got time and they've got experience and they're fresher. And, you know, you're going off maybe a more limited um, set of statistics. But yeah, it was kind of interesting when I went through that. The other thing is noting like just how many cornerbacks um, and linemen I, I had in this sort of top, particularly the top sort of 30 or 40 guys that I've got in this 70. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see now over the next week or so as I build this out, how I'll be doing it is splitting into days one, two, and three. And I like having an even number. Now, that might not reflect always the Steelers draft picks, but there's kind of, I think, 25 players on each day that we're really looking at. Um, and, I, and it's funny, I also felt that, there are a couple of names um, from the senior bowl that whilst I thought they did well, I didn't necessarily see them as a fit to the Steelers because in part two, I'm going to give you 10 winners um, from the senior bowl. I didn't really, I'm not going to have losers, um, but I definitely think there are people that, you know, and you'll see that even with the people that I gave as winners, I think think everything can be sort of contextualized into how um, players performed. And it is only one game. That's the other thing. It is only one game. But yeah, I think this is kind of interesting for the Steelers in terms of what they choose to do. I also went back and looked at um, Kevin Colbert's draft. Now, pre-2022 draft, I've actually got all the all the statistics on players that were drafted. And what I found really interesting is the most drafted position of Kevin Colbert 
is wide receiver. Kevin Colbert drafted uh, like, and, and I mean, he drafted Calvin Austin as well in 2022. So you could add, you can add Calvin Austin there, but he actually drafted up to, yeah, he drafted 24 wide receivers and only 25 linebackers or outside linebackers. Now there are a number of defensive ends as well, but then you've got to sit there and split each one. Um, but I mean, you're combining two positions in when you say linebacker, you know, middle linebacker, inside linebacker, and outside linebacker. So it's funny, I think, going into this draft and going into this draft season of just how many, you know, what will Omar Khan do? Will he stick to some of this script or will he do something else? Um, I think that's kind of a really interesting thing that I mean, that like for me at least, as a bit of a draft, you know, Nick, how does that look from Omar Khan? Um, because is he going to stick to what he's seen from Colbert or is he going to go a different way? And I say that as well, really interestingly, because I've heard there's been a bit of, you know, rumor around the, around the traps that Andy Weidel is not getting the same level of say in the Steelers organization as he did at the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're saying that could be a really, you know, sort of the discussion that I saw this uh, happening about this. That could be a big mistake if you bring him in to do what he wants to do. Um, we bring him in to do, you know, have the success and do what he did at Philadelphia. How, if you're not going to let him do what he needs to actually do to achieve that, how can he be measured upon that? Is he going to get frustrated? He's a very well sought after front office, um, you know, personnel, um, you know, and, and difference makers. So I think that's another kind of interesting thing to watch through this draft process is. What's the shape of Omar Khan? What's the shape of Andy Weidel? Um, where does Tomlin come into mix? And I think it's kind of interesting too because we don't have Brian Flores um, this year. We know Brian Flores, the day that I record this on the my Wednesday, I found out he's going to you know, the Vikings. He's just accepting that job. We don't have him in the room anymore either. So we don't even have that extra um, set of eyes or experience. You know, I don't know how much of a role he deeply had in last year's draft. But, you know, he was a head coach in the NFL. He would have been doing in a scouting process before he was fired. He would have had the guys that he had kept an eye on. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so I think the, like, I, yeah, I just think it's going to be a really interesting draft process in terms of how people move up and down, where the Steelers appear to be leaning, where they don't. But we also, it's funny, like with Tomlin, he was really keen on all the quarterbacks at the senior bowl. Um, but he didn't really necessarily do much with Kenny Pickett. You know, this this week at the Senior Bowl, you saw him, you know, people saw him talking to Dewan Jones, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And we'll talk about him um, and relating to Senior Bowl in part two. You know, Tomlin, there may be some smoke and mirrors in what they do and don't do. Um, I know they sent the guys, the wide receiver coach um, to Georgia, but then they spoke to everyone else at Georgia and kind of made it really distracting in terms of Pickens. Um, but they then they sent they sent one to Pickens Pro Day, um, and that's when people started to think, oh, the Steelers may be interested in him. But then the cultural fit, because the Steelers are known for the cultural fits, again, that was the distraction. So I think it's going to be really funny to see who the Steelers are linked to pre-draft, who they actually draft, how that all happens. And then we've got this piece of intelligence or this piece of data that we know um, you know, from the first Omar Khan draft. And and I'm, I can't wait to compare that to uh, the Colbert drafts as well. Like, what are the tactics? Do they trade up and down? I know myself and Andrew Gulbar, my BTSC colleague, are big fans of trading back in the draft. This perfect spot at 17. I don't have them trading back there because they haven't picked that high in a while. Um, but 
if they did, I'm not sitting here upset. Like if you trade back to 21, 22 and you pick up a second, that'd be great. Or you pick up a third and a fifth. I'm taking that, man. I'm taking that. They need to stock up on young, good players. Um, this is the draft to do it. It's a very open draft. Um, but with that, we're going to take a break on Steel's War Room. Join part two. We're going to talk all things Senior Bowl winners. I'm um, not really going to talk about losers. Um, but some people want out more than others. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Back on this week's Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that looks to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Andy Weidel, and the rest of the Steelers front offices as they look to put together a winning roster in 2023 and beyond. Kind of still feels weird to say 2023, and we're on the 8th of February as I'm recording this, but hey. All right, senior bowl over the weekend. Um, you may have seen it, you may have watched it, uh, you may have seen some of the highlights, you may not even care about it. Um, you may just want to know who did well, who didn't. So Senior Bowl, obviously, there's an American team and a national team. I looked at the winners. Uh, I wanted originally, I sort of went into doing, putting these together. Oh, look, we're going to have, you know, five from each and it's all going to be hunky-dory and even. Well, it didn't kind of, the game didn't kind of go that way. Uh, you know, I think the... You know, there's one team that, you know, was way ahead. Um, I think the national team were doing much better um, overall, you know. And, and I think, you know, the other thing that I sort of felt about Senior Bowl is that because we didn't have, like, top quarterbacks, like, we had guys, like, further down in the pecking order, which isn't not, not – it's not untypical of the Senior Bowl, but it just kind of changed it, changed the game a little bit. Um, you really wanted – um, you know, Tyson Bagent to do well. He kind of just couldn't get there. He threw a bad pick. Um, I thought Jake Hayner uh, played well. We're going to get to him in a moment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it was just kind of a, I don't know. I didn't expect it to take shape the way it did with the training. Um, but let's go into the winners. We've got 10 winners and then we've got a, um, the surprise packet as well, who I actually think to me really showed out. He, he's kind of my, Unsung, uh, well, hang on, unsung. You did get a bit of praise, but he's he's a surprise packet, I think, from this week's um senior bowl, particularly because of the game that he had 
uh, on, on, you know, on Saturday or Sunday for me in Australia. All right. So national team, we're going to look at the, they had six winners and then we had four winners in the American team. So the first one was Damari and Overshawn, um, the linebacker out of Texas. I thought he, you know, out of the Longhorns who I support, I thought he did really well. Pretty sure he had a sack, if I recall correctly. Pulling the stats for this game was really, really not the easiest thing to do. Um, they only pretty much had done the offensive stats, which I think is a real shame when, you you know, defensive prospects are going pretty high in the draft these days. Um, but DeMar and Overshawn look good. We put a lot of pressure on people. People were surprised at just how quick and, and how big he is overall that week. That was some, a lot what I was hearing from different um, sort of content that I saw coming out of the Senior Bowl. No surprise to me as a, as a Texas Longhorns fan, um, but he's someone that I would really love to, if the Steelers, he's sitting there in rounds, you know, round four and around three, and the Steelers went like, hey, let's pull the trigger on a guy that can do everything. Um, I think he gives them options inside and out. I love the idea of it. He's probably like 265 pounds, very quick. Um, he, he, you know, he'll test off the charts to combine and boost his stock by about a round. So if he's a fourth rounder, he'll become a third rounder. If he's a fifth rounder, he'll be a fourth. Um, I don't see him as a second rounder. But then again, there are some players I had in third and fourth that I really liked that I just didn't think the NFL would be high on. And they got drafted in the second and the third round last year. Guys like Alonte Taylor. Um, so yeah, that's Damari and Overshawn. The next guy was a guy that showed out. I know Daniel Jeremiah thought he did as well, but I actually had him on here before DJ's article was published when I did this list um, on the other afternoon. Um, Payne Durham, the Purdue uh, tight end. He had a great game. I, um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah said he did a bit of everything. He had two really good passes. I feel like he flashed. I feel like he was trying to get open. I feel like he blocked pretty well. Um, he had a real chemistry with uh, Jake Hayner, the Fresno State quarterback, um, who kind of really led a lot of the production, um, you know, for the national team. Yeah, I thought he was terrific. Um, and he outshined Luke Musgrave, who a lot of people, you know, were really hyped on as well. DJ noted that. Um, yeah, he was, an, he was a lacrosse player, apparently didn't start playing football until late in high school. He was underused at Purdue. I think he's great. I mean, this guy's a guy that's probably going to get drafted in the sixth or seventh round and take a punt on him. But I, I liked what he did. I mean, if I'm a Steelers and I got, you know, the seventh round, this is sort of guy I'm taking. I mean, I'd be picking him before I would have picked a Mark Robinson. So, yeah, look for his draft stock to go up. He could even be a fifth rounder for, for a team that really wants a tight end. The next winner I had on the national team was Michael Wilson. He had a fantastic week. Um, you couldn't not include him. Uh, he is from the Stan. He's from Stanford. Um, I didn't. I didn't really know much about him. I know he was. I, he'd been injured most of 2022, I think. And uh, you know, but geez, he flashed on 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 the screen. Um, he he'll be a really interesting guy to watch at the combine. Watch the chemistry he's got with the quarterbacks as well. Not just how he performs individually. I think he'll run a quick, pretty quick forty. Um, he got four passes for 76 yards on Saturday. Um, in the game, and he had the game ceiling touchdown. Uh, he just he looked like he just got separation, fast release. Yeah, so Michael Wilson's a guy that I think definitely, um, you know, he's a winner. Don't think he's a stealer. I, you know, I haven't seen enough of that to make that call, cool, but um, yeah, he's someone that's definitely played himself into a top 10 to 12 wide receiver um, conversation with the performance he had on the weekend. I think it was, yeah, it was pretty incredible, actually. Anyway, we'll move on from there. The next winner on my list was Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Now, he didn't play because of a concussion. Some people said he was sick. Other people said uh, he had a, he was injured. He had a concussion. That was all the information that I saw. Um, and, 
Yeah, so he um, had a massive week. People, everyone, I know Paris Johnson's a top 10 to 20 pick in this year's draft. People saying he could be up there if he has a big combine. He's six foot eight, 360 pounds, according to the draft networks. So he weighed in at 375 at the senior bowl. Um, but Dewan Jones definitely helped his draft stock during the week. He didn't play in the game, so that's kind of one slide I have on a bit like the Steelers front office in that you got to play. Um, but you can't help me. You can't, you know, he, he did the right thing with the concussion. You don't, you don't muck around with that stuff. Um, you know, I know someone today that t- told me in Australia that they um have been diagnosed with early stage CTE. So you don't muck around with that stuff. But um, yeah, kind of interesting just how much the league is aware of this guy now. You'd be shocked if he wasn't uh, you know, picked in the first round. I think he's sort of cemented. Um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, that selection and that high for him has probably made himself a bit more money too. The next on list is Jake Hayner. I think he's guaranteed he gets drafted. He may even be like now into the fourth round. Fresno State quarterback, he's throwing a heap of touchdowns, a heap of yards for Fresno State. Um, you know, I know that going into this year of college, guys like Daniel Jeremiah was sort of saying, could he have a big year, Jake Hayner? Um, Fresno State, obviously, you know, it's not necessarily the top college, um, you know, but Jake Hayner had a good game. He showed he could mix it up with the best of them. Um, you know, and as I say, if you think where Bailey Zappi got drafted last year, there's no reason Jake Hayner can't be there too. Um, and I'm interested to see how much of a cannon he can actually show off or not um, at the Combine. The next guy on the list is going to be Evan Hull out of Northwestern, the running back. He had a great game. Um, everyone was kind of thinking, you know, Tajay, Tajay Spears. Um, everyone was sort of thinking um, Eric Gray, you know, and Evan Hull came out and had had a monster game. I think he had like 74 yards or something. Um, yeah, so he's 5'10", 214 pounds. Yeah, he had 74 yards. Um, and no one else had more than 40. He had it on 10 carries and he caught both of his targets for 11 yards. Carried the ball five times, 41 yards in the opening drive and later shed multiple tacklers on an inside run for 18 yards. So, yeah, I mean, Evan Hulls, again, put a room himself in the running back mix. I feel like running back position has become a really hard position to judge in terms of where guys and prospects are going to get drafted, particularly because a lot of people like, no, don't draft them in the first round anymore. I mean, Bijan Robinson's a top 20, top 15 pick um, in this draft for sure. You know, a lot of people have him in top five for actual overall prospects. Um, but it's just where people value the running back position. But yeah, Evan Hull um, is definitely someone that support was a winner and uh, increased his draft stock um, going into the the next sort of set of phase of this draft process. Um, particularly as a smaller guy, um, he's a Jalen Warren type. Is, is he going to be a stealer? Probably not. But I'm just he's a, he's definitely a winner. Um, you know, out of the senior bowl. All right, we're going to flick across to the American side. I had four people for them, and then we've got our surprise packet. Um, first one's Jalen Wayne out of South Alabama. Now, I know he was in DJ's article as well, but, I mean, you can't walk away with that game not impressed with what he did. Obviously, he was playing at his home stadium, a bit like Jalen Tolbert the year before. Uh, but Jalen Wayne had a really good game. Uh, I think he had, like, 79 off the top of my head receiving yards. I'm trying to pull that up. Um, but, yeah, and he had a touchdown, I think, as well. Um, but, yeah, he had a pretty good game. I think he proved he was in the mix. Um, so, yeah, good on him. I mean, the senior bowl, um, show off, show out, uh, and, you know, take advantage of the home field, you know, take that home field advantage to your advantage. The next guy was Tajay Spears. Now, he had something like 11 yards rushing, I think, off the top of my head. Um, and he 
look, he's someone that showed out. Uh, he had a really cool change of pace run um, during the senior bowl training practices. That put him in the attention of everyone. He's out of Tulane. Um, he was noted as one of the better running backs going into the draft. He destroyed some people. People were really interested to see what he do in the um, – you know, in the college football, um, you know, in the bowl games and stuff like that. But anyway, Tajay Spears, I didn't think he had the best game. I didn't think he looked that great. However, everyone that says, like, watched full full training and, like, NFL hasn't put up the recordings of it. I've had to piece together YouTube clips and social media clips from, and I've, I'm more focused on O-linemen and D-linemen at the senior bowl anyway. Um, but everyone talked about how what a good week he'd had. So I kept I kept him as a winner because he had enough hype coming out about him. And he did nothing to prove, he did nothing to sort of, you know, worsen his draft stock um on the day. The next guy is Cameron Latu, the tight end out of Alabama. Now, I like him as a fit for the Steelers. I think you get drafted before the Steelers want to pick a tight end. I think he's a bit more of a project than some people think. Um, but he looked good. Now, he didn't necessarily flash as much as Durham. But he's a top school tight end. Uh, he's, I think the draft network have him in their top 60. I'm just going to pull that up right now. Um, but yeah, Latu, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good. I thought he showed that he can flash when he needs to. He can contribute. Um, he's just one of those guys you want to give the ball. He's a big body. Uh, and that, you know, that's someone that helps. Yeah, he's, they've got him at 163. Um, ranked on the draft network. He's 244 pounds, according to them, six foot five. I think he'll rock it up the boards. I think he becomes a top 100 player, um, you know, in terms of the comp through the combine process. But yeah, interesting one to watch. He, that's the sort of guy that could be a stealer, um, particularly to back up behind Patty Freemuth. He's an SEC tight end. Steelers kind of like better quality tight ends. Um, if you look back on the draft history as well, like, and by better, I mean like in terms of the come from a, um, a more, I'm not going to call it reputable, but uh, you know, one of the one of the more schools more renowned for for chugging out the pro players. And the final guy that I wanted to say who's a winner is Isaiah Land, the linebacker out of Florida, Florida A and M, the HSBCU college. Now he might be a defensive end in some schemes, but yeah, he had like a really great week last week. He played well in the East West Shrine Bowl. Got invited after that to come to um, the Senior Bowl. And, and I thought he showed out. I thought he really um, approved his worth in mix. And he's going to really, it'll be really interesting to see what sort of draft process he has now. Um, he seems rangy. He seems quick. They had him inside and out. Um, so, yeah, Isaiah Land is someone that I think, you know, Steelers fans, you know, just even if you're just a guy that wants to like, um, you know, or a guy or gal that loves the draft. He's just an interesting guy um, in terms of how he's going to accelerate in this draft process because, yeah, I thought he had a real – I did. I thought he had a really good week last week um, and he moved across some things. I mean, I know some sites had him there ranked as um, the 251st best player in the draft. He was the defensive player um, of the year for FAMU. Um, so yeah, and he's an edge rusher in the draft. I, I think he's a three, four outside linebacker and a bigger one. Um, in 2021, he had 19 and a half sacks. Yeah. I just thought, I thought he looked, I thought he really flashed on tape. I think he had a really good week. Um, and, and good luck to him the rest of the draft process. And then finally, the last guy that I thought was worth talking about was Cody Morch, the offensive lineman out of North Dakota State. Now he lined up 
all over the line. They pretty much moved him from the left all the way through center to the right in this game um, for the, um, you know, and, and I just thought he he brought a lot. Like, I, I think this, I mean, NFL teams love versatility. Yeah, so they love the versatility and, and he showed that. I mean, you can't ask anything more than a guy that's going to play literally across the line, um, you know, and I think he's more of an interior lineman. Uh, I don't know whether he's a center, but to have someone that can learn that, that can practice spiking the football. Um, NFL draft bats have him rated as 73. I know the draft network have him in their top 70. Um, again, he's someone that you watch this process and you think about a guy like a Cole Strange um, from last year. Um, I'm just trying to think who the other, Cam Jurgens. Like those guys really rocketed up in the last few weeks of the draft process between the combine and the NFL draft. And I think the same is starting to happen with Cody Mouch, but it's happening a lot earlier. Um, so I think he played tackle for them um, at at North Dakota State. He wears number jersey number 70, um, but he also played inside that, I think, at guard. I think guard was where he was training most of the week. But then, as I said, they played him all over the line, um, you know, in the senior bowl and, I think it's just done wonders um, for his draft prospects. So again, he's another really interesting one to watch. I said, he's kind of like, I don't want to call him the MVP of the week, but he's someone that I think gained the most out of the week. He's probably the biggest winner. Um, and that's why I made, I had 10 winners outside of him because I thought, you know, I called him the surprise packet um, in terms of what he offered. Cause you weren't necessarily expecting him as an O-lineman like that going into, um, into, into the game and going into the week. Um, but we also know North Dakota can produce them. Um, guys like um, uh, guys like uh, I think Spencer Brown. Um, that's with the Bills, and then you've got um, Badiaz. I always pronounce his name wrong. He's in the NFL now too. There's guys that did have played for North Dakota State and done really well. Um, Cordell Volson, who plays for the Bengals, he was someone I was high on last year. Had a couple of really bad games this year. Had a couple of decent games. So um, yeah, they can produce them out there. With that, that's going to wrap up this week's Steel's War Room. Um, great to talk to you all things draft as always. Looking forward to doing my top 75 next week. And obviously, uh, my top 70 is not built on, um, or my top 75 across the three days is not built on anything other than who they think the Steelers uh, fits for the Steelers. They're not just my top 75 guys. That's easy. It's who are guys that I would like the Steelers to draft 25 guys on day one, um, maybe a little bit less because it is only one round. 25 guys on day 25 to probably 35 guys on day two, and then whatever is remaining for day three. Uh, but with that, have a good week. And as always, even though it's the off season, go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.